been good to you. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a praise. He's been good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've been good. You've been faithful. You've been so kind. Great is our faithfulness. Your mercies endureth forever. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Oh, you've been so good. You've never failed us. You've never forsaken us. You've been there again and again and again. Your grace has sustained us. Your power has kept us going. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. And all God's people shouted. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. challenging than others and some are more unexpected than others but know this day that the Lord 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Your goodness follows us. Your mercies are always there for us. Your faithfulness, it never fails us. Oh, hallelujah, friend. It makes no difference which season you're going through. It makes no difference. Everyone's in a different part of the journey. Amen? Everyone, our ages are different. What we're battling are different. But know this, God is with each one that loves him, walking with them, caring for them. His grace is sufficient for whatever you're facing. His power won't fail you. His love won't forsake you. Nothing can separate you from that love of God in Christ Jesus. So whatever you're facing, you don't have to deny it. You don't have to try to make believe it's not there. Just know that it will pass. But the grace and mercy and power of God will never pass from your life, will never flee from your life, will always be there to sustain your life. Lean on Him. Weep on Him. Trust in Him. He'll bring you through just like He did before. The devil is a liar, but your Savior is wonderful, faithful, and true. If you believe that, give Him an amen and a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. As a believer, we're not exempt, are we? But we can be assured that he that started us on our way, he's with us every step of the way. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Before we let the kids go, we're going we're gonna to let them enjoy the, the singing. We are very blessed this morning. One of my dearest friends in the whole world, Pastor Alan Schrader, and his dear wife Mary are with us. Um, we, we, Alan and I, we grew up together. I've known him at least since I was eight. And Sister Mary's dad, Pastor Beach, pastored us during our most important years of our lives and the calling of God and um, her folks were out there in Cuba before Castro was, casting out devils, building churches, and he was our pastor in the faith. He was our father in the faith, Alan and I. He, he mentored us and brought us through those most important latter teenage, early adulthood years. And He's with the Lord now, but we'll never forget that. But one of our dearest friends, they're going to come and say hi and bless us in song. So let's give a big God bless you to Pastor Trey. I'm Mary. I'm delighted to be here today. I've been here once before, and it was a joy then, and it's even a greater joy today. So thank you for your great welcome and your open hearts to us, even though we're strangers to many of you. Thank you. You passed. You did well. Your pastor will be proud of you, more so than that, our Lord. When you welcome strangers, I'm telling you, he says you welcomed me. So thank you very much for that beautiful welcome. I just want to say, my husband is going to minister in song today, but I want to say a hearty amen to the word of the Lord that came forward this morning. I could have prophesied it myself. So let me just tell you, it's a, it's a double. When it's, it's again and again, God is putting an exclamation point on it. So you can go home even right now and start writing some of those things down. They're promises of God to you, to us. And it's going to take us through into the next season. Amen? But the portion of scripture that I'm reminded of, and it is this, that God will perfect, 
that which concerns you. He's going to bring to completion. He's going, and he knows what concerns you. He's very aware. He's very aware. But not just he, is he aware what concerns you, but he's going to bring it to full maturity. In other words, he's got it taken care of, wrapped up. It's in the bag. You can count on him. God bless you. And again, it's a delight for us to be here. share a couple of is it okay a couple of things uh pastor and i learned in bible college and by the way your pastor and i we ate a lot of pizza and chicken wings together just so you know <laughs> uh, i love your pastors i'm telling you they are um, they're precious as you know and one of the things i sense pastor this come in this place. This is such a place of honor. You've honored people, and uh, they've honored you, and you've you have a heritage of honor in this place. It's you just sense it when you come here. So I, I feel real blessed to be here, my wife and I. And so thank you for your your hospitality towards us too. We uh, greatly, greatly appreciate it. My wife are, and I are celebrating this week uh, 32 years of marriage. Amen. So it's good. Um, I don't know really what to sing other than I just tell you a couple of things. Joe and I, uh, we have we got an appreciation for the hymns going to Bible college. Like what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh our sins and griefs to bear oh what a privilege to give everything to God in prayer aren't you thankful and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever you thankful for that one of the things that I also learned at Bible college that I never knew before I heard a professor that we had get on the piano and started singing this and I was like whoa that's secular and then all of a sudden he told us no no the original author of this wrote this to sing to the Lord you are so
Say amen to that together. Amen. One more thing, Joe. Can I just share this? We spent a lot of time in the prayer closet, so to speak, together. And one thing we we really were challenged by the Lord. It's wonderful to sing songs, hymns, choruses, isn't it? blessed with people that were inspired to sing some beautiful things, and, and now we just echo those. We sing them, too, with our whole hearts, right? That's beautiful. But one time the Lord reminded me, it's, Alan, it's, it's almost like a Hallmark card. How many appreciate giving a Hallmark card to somebody? Some beautiful things they say, you know, they're wonderful. But just like my wife, there's nothing like writing a little note in there, right? She appreciates the card, but she just really loves when I just write a little note in there. That's how I feel like the new song is meant to be, is just writing your own personal note. So Joe and I, Pastor Joe and I, we would just get in our little piano room and we just start singing to the Lord. Oh, we love you. Oh, we need you, Lord. Lord, we need you now more than ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say that with me, Amen. 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 God bless you all. Great to be with you. And now the children are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen.
Thank you, Pastor Allen and Mary. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, it, it winds up being really, really neat that this is the weekend they're with us. Because as you know, we've been preaching from Colossians for about three months now. And this is our last sermon from the book of Colossians. And it happens to be about Paul's friends. Paul's friends. And outside, my, my lovely wife, Christina, Pastor Allen's probably the dearest friend I have, uh, you know, in, in, on the earth, you know. And so it wound up being really neat that just how God orchestrated this. And um, This is another, as, as I began to break this open and study it, it wasn't long before I realized we're going to have to finish it on Wednesday because if not, we, we, we'd be here at about 2 o'clock. Um, we're going to talk about Paul's friends, Paul's friends, Paul's friends, those who stayed, those who prayed, and then the one that strayed. And if you would, Colossians 4, and we're going to start with verse, verse 10. And then like we said on Wednesday, we're going to look at about a half a dozen or so that friends that Paul names. He may, names many friends. And we'll just kind of look at the theme of their friendship or the lesson from that friendship. We won't be able to get there today. Um, or again, it, it, we will just be going too, too long. But if you would, Colossians 4, in verse 10, Paul writes, my fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Now, you've received instruction about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who's called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, we looked at him last week, didn't we? Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, matured, fully assured. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Oropolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas, sends greetings. This morning, Paul's friends, those who stayed the one that prayed, and then the one that strayed. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to help us to grasp it, understand it, and to respond to it. Father God, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. May your word richly bless your people. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. You know, when we first read a list of names, we're, we're, we're not usually too moved by it. If we're honest, we kind of skim those parts and um, but when we take a closer look, and I feel especially Wednesday night as we get a little deeper and go behind the scenes, I believe that we'll find these lists of names, Paul's friends, very instructive and inspiring, sobering, challenging, yes. Paul's friends. Not too long ago, I, I read again the story behind the famous painting, Praying Hands. I want to read it for you as we begin. The story goes back to this. Back in 1490, there were two young friends, Albert Dürer and Franz Nixtein. And they were struggling young artists. Since both were poor, they, they, they worked to support themselves while they studied art. But finally, um, so much of their time was working that advancement was slow. And finally, they reached an agreement. They kind of, so to speak, drew lots or draw um, straws. One of them would support the other. One would work, the other would go out and study art. And then they would reverse it down the road. So Albert won. And he began to study while Franz went to hard labor, working to support them. It was agreed that, again, after Albert had succeeded, he would support his friend. 
Well, he went off to the cities of Europe, and he studied all over in the great cities, and as the world, or at least the art world now knows, Albert not only had talent, he had genius. He became one of the masters. And when he did obtain success, he went back to keep his bargain with Franz. But he found out, he discovered the enormous price that his friend had paid to put him through art school. It seems that all the manual labor that he did through the years had caused his fingers to grow stiff and his arms to be twisted. Those slender, sensitive hands had been ruined for life. And he could no longer execute that smooth, um, delicate brush stroke necessary for fine painting. And though his artistic dreams had never been realized, he wasn't embittered. But actually he rejoiced in his friend's success. And one day it said that Albert came upon his front unexpectedly and he found him kneeling with his gnarled hands intertwined and he was praying. He was quietly praying for the success of his friend, although he himself knew he would never paint like that again. And Albert Durer, the great artist and the genius, hurriedly sketched the folded hands of his faithful praying friend. Later he completed and became the masterpiece that we know as praying hands. That's friendship. That's sacrifice. That's love and that's giving. The ability to rejoice in someone's good fortunes even when it cost him his own. Do you have a friend like that? Are you a friend like that? Paul did. Now, obviously, we have the greatest of friends in Jesus, and that's priceless. And obviously, listen, if you're blessed this morning to have a good, godly spouse that's your best earthly friend, priceless. But beyond that, the Lord also desires that we develop good friendships between brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters. Again, do you have a friend like that? Paul did. You know, the great apostle Paul was not a lone ranger. He never would accomplish the many, many great things that he did without the loving, loyal, sacrificial, godly friends. And chances are, neither will we. We take note this morning, God wants us to have such friends, and God wants us to be such friends. Godly, faithful friends that will encourage one another and stand by one another, support one another, Help each other become the person that God's created them to be. Motivating us onward in our walk with the Lord. Never, never discouraging us from it. Not controlling or manipulating, but edifying, complimenting. We need friends and we need to be friends. Good, godly, trustworthy, loyal friends. Again, Wednesday night we'll look at these names and we'll try to highlight some of the themes from this friendship and the lessons we can glean from these names. But this morning, let's just look at four benefits of having godly friends. Four benefits of having godly friends. A godly friend will lift you up. At times, a godly friend may hold you up. At times, he might have to shake you up. But always, a godly friend will build you up. Can you say amen to that? Uh, good friendships, good friends. They lift you up, kind of like the ladder. Let's look at this together. Proverbs 27 and 17. Proverbs 27 and 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. 
A good friend betters the other person, develops the other person, sharpens the other person, improves them, and, and increases them. It's, a good friend will lift you up kind of like a ladder. They'll, they'll better you. They, 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 they won't um, worsen you. They'll bless you. They won't tarnish you. It's like climbing, climb on my shoulders, brother, and I'll help you reach higher. It's a, their influence and, and their, um, their relationship has a positive, helpful effect, whether it's in our spiritual growth or in our spiritual battle. Good friends, godly friends, lift one another up. Godly friends will help one another to reach higher and to go further and to endure longer. And oftentimes they'll lock arms with you just when you need it. They'll lock arms with you till heaven can send you a second wind to continue on. It's good to have someone you know that will stand with you. Someone that will encourage you and strengthen you as you fight this good fight of faith and walk on in the Lord. Let's give you two familiar Bible stories that kind of illustrate how how friends can lift each other up. One comes from the Old Testament. That's Exodus 17. You remember the story of Moses while he grew weak in spiritual battle? Friend, others are affected when you and I grow weak in spiritual battle. Somebody needs us to be strong for them. Somebody needs us to be powerful in the things of the Spirit. But you know this story. As there was intercession on the mountain, there was victory in the valley. Moses goes up to pray for the people of God as Joshua is leading the battle. And as he holds his hands up to heaven in that position of surrender and intercession, there was great victory down there, but then his arms grew tired. Good thing he didn't go by himself. Because what he was doing in intercession was affecting what Joshua was doing back in reality there, amen, where the arrows were flying. His prayers were holding the fate of the Israelite army. God's people were under attack. Joshua was leading the fighting. Moses climbs to the top of the hill, but thank God he doesn't go alone. Moses lifts up his hands towards heaven. His hands were raised. There was victory. But when his hands grew tired and they began to come down, the battle wasn't over yet, but his hands were going down. The enemy started overcoming God's people. Again, what would have happened had he gone alone? What would have happened if he would have been one of those Christians that don't think they need the body of Christ and don't think they need the church and don't think they need to develop relationships with someone that they can trust and they can pray with and develop a a love with that they'll be there for one another. Two friends, Aaron and her. The Bible says they put a stone under Moses. Then one went on one side, one went on the other, and they lifted up his hands. They held his hand steady until the victory was complete. Child of God, keep your arms up. Child of God, keep your arms of intercession up. Keep your prayers of spiritual warfare up. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but my God, we do wrestle. Can you say amen? We wrestle for souls. We wrestle for our children. We wrestle for our nation. So make sure your arms stay up. And the fact is at times they'll grow tired. We all grow tired. We all get exhausted. And that's why we're not to be alone rangers would have brothers and sisters that can stand with us and pray with us and fight this good fight of faith with us can you say amen Amen. you see friends lift you up when the battle's hard and and you feel that exhaustion coming on friends are there to stand with you and not abandon you when the arrows are flying to join you in the fight of faith and not abandon you like the fair weathered kind one man wrote a friend to someone who's there even when the good times ain't hallelujah means you can count on them. Moses grew tired like we all grow tired. But his friends lifted him up. And that's what good and godly friends will do to you. 
Good godly friends will lift you up. I remember a story from the New Testament. Mark 2 talks about a man who desperately needed and wanted to get to Jesus. But because he was paralyzed, he could not get there alone. There are many people that are struggling and they can't get there alone. They need the help of a friend to come alongside them. Give them grace to get that place. Give them grace to get through that victory. He needed to be carried. And he got some friends that lifted him and carried him. It's a beautiful thought. Four of them had to carry the net, but there are others that accompanied the group. Kind of reminds me of a good men's ministry. Can you say amen, guys? A good men's ministry. You know, we finish up our men's ministry season, and there was at least one or two times we got together on Saturday. There, there, there was at least 30 men there, 30 men. And you know, the Bible says that God senses our prayers like incense. I'll tell you something else. It's an awesome thing to hear a prayer. When you hear the rumble and the grumble of God's men praying for each other, at the end of every breakfast, pray for your brother on the left. Pray for you on the right. Lift one another up with intercessions in Christ. That's what's about carrying one another and holding one another and being victorious together. Can you say amen? amen? They got to the place where Jesus was at. When they get there, they're confronted with a problem. There's obstacles. The door is crowded. The windows are shut. Crowded. Can't get in. You know, godly friends will go the extra mile for you. They'll go the extra mile with you. Many would have given up saying, well, we tried. The house was full. The doorway is jammed. But such friends refused. They, 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 they denied turning back. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. It's not always easy to get your miracle. It's not always easy to get your breakthrough. It's not always easy to finally get to see that promise come to pass. You've got to stick with it. You've got to hold on. You've got to keep believing and pressing and enduring. Those men were wonderful friends. Oh, they couldn't get in the door, couldn't get through the window. To the roof they went. Then through the roof they went and finally to the feet of Jesus. We thank God this morning for friends that will go the extra mile. Let us be such friends with one another. Let's help and support one another. Let's lock arms of faith. Let's pray together and let's work together. Let's encourage and edify one another. We'll weep with them that weep and we'll shout with those that shout. But let us be faithful brothers and sisters to fight this fight of faith and to be the body of Christ. Somebody give them an amen. But now i got to pause. Most of this gets addressed to young people, but I've been around long enough to know that old people are just young people. I want to say with some wrinkles, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Can I ask you something? It's a good time to ask. Where are your friends taking you? Where is your relationship carrying you? Helping or hindering your walk with God? Inspiring you or discouraging you? in your efforts to be the one God calls you to be? Are they lifting you up? Are they pulling you down? Good godly friends, number one, they lift you up. They help you grow and advance. They help you overcome in life and in the Lord. But secondly, at times, at times, not only lift you up, they're going to hold you up. They're going to go the extra mile to support and sustain a friend when life has really dealt them a blow. Proverbs 17 and verse 17. Proverbs 17 and verse 17. The Bible's going to tell us a friend loves at all times. Somebody say all times. All times, yeah, yeah. But sometimes we need it more than others, isn't that right? 
My friend loves at all times, at all times. You see, sometimes in life we need to be held. Now, you know I'm not getting touchy-feely with you. You know that, but let me get to my point. Sometimes in life we need to be held. There are times in life where it's a unique season. Maybe a season of weakness, brokenness, struggle, vulnerability. The parent becomes a child. The child becomes the parent. One man said a friend walks in when it seems like the world has walked out. Seasons like that don't come often, thank God. But they do come even to the righteous. Amen? Maybe a terrible sickness, an unexpected death, a terrible bankruptcy, a tragic divorce. Have you held anyone lately? You might want to. Because as sure as you're hearing this, you'll need to be held one day. You'll need to be held one day. You know, the Apostle Paul, very early in his ministry, Acts 9, he needed to be held. He wasn't the great Apostle Paul that we think about. He was just a rambunctious, over-energetic young believer that was causing problems. And he caused so many problems for the devil in the city of Damascus, they decided just to kill him. Amen? They figured, we'll just take him out. And the enemies of this young new believer were watching the city gates, and he had a wanted sign on his head. They're going to kill him. But then some men, the Bible doesn't even give them names. It's amazing how many people in the scripture God didn't even give them. The name's not in there, but their deeds are remembered forever and ever. Some men put Paul in a basket, and they lowered him at night over the city wall. They risked their lives. They could have been imprisoned if they caught with him, possibly stoned to death if they're caught with him. But they risked their lives for a brother who at that time, he's not the great apostle Paul that we think about. He's just a young, overly zealous, we would say, young brother who needed to be held. But he was in a time where he couldn't help himself. Oh my. Paul was helpless, but he was being held. And these men held the rope. They held the ropes when a brother was in a dangerous, weak, and vulnerable place. And many times godly friends must hold the ropes for one another. we got to hold them till God heals them. We need to hold them till the heaviness of the sorrow of that season subsides. Life might have just crushed their business. A great trial might just have brought them to their emotional needs. An ugly divorce might have just stripped them of their self-worth. And again, it's a unique season. It's a season of sickness, trial, sorrow, a storm. It won't be forever, and it doesn't come all the time, but for now, for that season, they just need someone to hold the ropes. Hold them. Sit by them. Stand with them. A committed friend, a caring friend, a sacrificing friend. Uh, and I'll be there. You can count on me, friend. If I could give another pause, maybe this morning you're the one in the basket. Maybe you're the one that's going through that hard season. And you're facing a challenge and a pain maybe you haven't faced before. Things might seem overwhelming, crushing, out of control. It might seem like that death or that poor decision, that disease or that divorce has just destroyed a lifetime of building and planning and dreaming. But I want to tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
that by the grace and power of God, if you'll just cling to Christ, Jesus, who is the friend above all friends, will bring you through that thing, and you will dream again, you will hope again, you will build again. You can weep for a season, you can mourn for a time. That's okay, we're not trying to be unrealistic. Things hurt, and God gave us tear ducts. It's okay to cry, it's okay to mourn, but I want you to know you're being held, and you're not alone. The Lord holds you. The people of God are supporting you and sustaining you, and I want you to realize it won't always be like this. There is a new day coming. And the God who has kept you thus far will be there to bring you through and hold you through it and take you to the other side. He'll restore your song and renew your strength and give you a new beginning. Jesus Christ still heals wounded hearts, still restores broken lives and broken marriages. Somebody, you might feel like you're exhausted. It's hard to get up tomorrow, but I want you to know you're going to make it. The Lord Jesus will bring you through it and the people of God are going to stand with you and pray pray with you so you can get on the other side and shout the victory one more time. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh yeah. That's why the devil tries to tell you don't be part of a church. Just go do your own thing. No, you need the church. You need the family of God. You need the body of Christ. This is where we strengthen one another. This is where we support one another. Why do you think the name is called the body of Christ or the family of God? God doesn't make a mistake when he calls us what he calls us. There's a reason we need one another. Somebody say amen. Good and godly friends, they'll lift you up, they'll hold you up. My Lord, sometimes they got to shake you up. they got to wake us up. Sometimes you're falling asleep at the way. Wake up! Before you crash, wake up! Before we got to pick up the broken pieces. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Wounds. Wounds from a friend, not a busybody, from a friend, somebody with a little bit of relationship, a little investment, some genuine love. Wounds from a, everybody say a friend. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies. Sometimes you don't need flattery, you just need some loving honesty. You have a friend who loves you enough to speak into your life proper words of warning or correction? Do your friends love you enough to speak truth to you? See, friends don't stand idly by when friends drift away from the righteous path. Friends speak lovingly, honestly, sincerely, sensitively, timely, but they do speak. And listen, such friendships, they don't come cheap. It takes time and investment and effort to develop relationships. You just can't walk up to anyone and say what you think. God knows too many people do that. But when there's been a relationship, amen, you can speak into their life. And that creates a safety that friendship, uh, development. You know, it reminds me of the story. A couple named Bob and Lynn. And Bob and Lynn would admit they were not what you would consider um, um, good neighbors, all right? But they wanted to change their ways. They decided we're going to be good neighbors. And so when they saw 
across the street, a moving van. They said, you know, we all go across the street and welcome to the neighborhood. And so Lynn made some homemade bread and together her and Bob walked across the street and someone answered the door and Lynn said, hi, I want to welcome you to our neighborhood. Here's some fresh bread for you. And the woman looked at her and answered and said, well, thank you so much. This is really kind. But actually, goes, you know, this is a little embarrassing. But you see, we're not moving in. We're moving out. We've lived here about eight years. <laughs> See, it, it, it takes some effort and some time to develop some solid friendships and relationships. But I want you to know they're worth it. They're worth it. They're worth it. Take a little time to get to adult Sunday school class and meet someone and develop some friendships. Take a little time to get involved in something and begin to meet people so you can pray one for another and know them beyond a wave. And who is that again? Oh, don't they relate to so-and-so? No, no, no. But if we take some time, one of the greatest blessings God gives us is a relationship. Oh, when the brothers dwell together in unity, when they lock arms of faith together. My God, one will chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. But that comes from knowing one another and developing relationships with one another. It's worth worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. Godly friends are healthy and they are form a safety and such relationships are worth the effort and the investment. That one person said a friend is someone that won't get in your way unless you're on the way down. Then they're there to say turn around you're heading the wrong direction. Can you thank God for such friends? Amen. Godly friends lift you up, hold you up. Sometimes they gotta shake you up. Well, they're always going to build you up. That's the basic nature of a good godly friendship. We build one another up in the Lord. We build each other up in God and faith, in godliness and consistency, in obedience. We urge one another on, call each other to account, build each other up in ourselves. We help each other grow to be better people, to, to be um, achieving people, overcoming people, becoming people, enjoying, developing. And as we close this point, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you about one friend you cannot afford not to have. His name is Jesus. You talk about love. You talk about loyalty. You talk about sacrifice. You talk about faithfulness. He laid down his life for us. And he lives forever to represent us, committed to us. Listen, friend, develop this friendship. Develop. If you don't develop any other friendship, you better develop your friendship with Jesus. I'll tell you, Jesus, he lifts you up. Salvation lifts up a life. Lifts a life to a better place, a surer place, a firmer place. Jesus makes you better. Sin makes you worse. He lifts us up from sin and death and lifts us up to salvation, to forgiveness, to sonship, to eternal and abundant life. Proverbs 18 and 24. Proverbs 18 24. Oh, there is a friend like no other friend. And his name is Jesus. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A man of many companions may come to ruin. You can know a lot of people by a wave, and that's what's his name, and that's the wife of so-and-so. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always got the best counsel for you. He's always there for you. He can strengthen you when you're weary. He can comfort you when you're hurting. He can inspire you when you're getting lazy. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. He lifts you up, and friend, he'll hold you up. There's not a more faithful friend. He'll be there regardless of what you're facing. 
regardless of what that storm is, regardless of what that season is. You can depend on him to hold you and to carry you and to bring you through. The Bible says he holds us safe and secure in the palm of our hand. The Bible says that he that began a good work in us, he's committed to complete that work and carry us through to that work. Oh, friend, listen, Jesus is the one that holds us up. Friend, that's why that storm and that sorrow, that's why that tragedy and that attack from hell, that's why it didn't win, because he was holding you up. You were being held. You were being held. How did Moses say it? The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. The arms of God hold us and they keep us. That's why when hell tried to take you out, it couldn't take you out. That's why when the weight of that thing was so great and so crushing, you look back and you say, how did I get through that? You got through that because you were being held. Jesus was holding you. Jesus was carrying you. Look back and you can see the footprints in the sand. Look back and you can recognize he was there all the time. His grace was sufficient. His mercy was enduring and his faithfulness was great. Somebody give Christ the praise. Because I want you to know, child of God, he'll never stop holding you. Friend, he'll never stop holding you. Others can run out on you. People can break their vows to you. But Jesus Christ will never bail on you. Jesus Christ will never flee from you. He'll be there. He'll never stop holding your life. Find comfort and strength in that. Lean on those arms. Trust in his care. Yes, Jesus, lift you up, hold you up. And now Jesus, he'll shake you up. Even the world knows that term, a come to Jesus meeting. You ain't never had come to Jesus meeting. You ain't gotten too far in your walk with God. That's all I'm telling you. Oh, come to Jesus. You know, when Jesus becomes your friend, you can't stay the same. There's a transformation, a change, a new life, a new faith, a new goal, a new purpose. You can come as you are, but you can't stay as you were. Not when you're walking the righteous path. You see? He wants to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. Oh, yeah, Jesus. If you walk with him, you won't stay the same. You can't stay the same. You can't walk with him and stay the same. He's going down a righteous path. He's going down a path that glorifies the Father. He's going down a path that's governed by the word of God. Come on, say amen. Amen. Ultimately, not only will he lift you up and hold you up, sometimes shake you up. When Jesus is your friend, he will build you up. You were made by God, and you were made for God. And only... When Jesus becomes your Lord, your Savior, your friend, only then can you fulfill your divine purpose, your intended destiny, your plan. He'll make you into the one you created to be. He said, follow me and I'll make you. He said, listen, Simon, you are, but you shall be. I know who you are, but if you keep walking with me, you'll be the one you were created to be. So listen, keep walking with him. Keep, 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 keep staying committed to him. And he'll make you. And he'll transform you. He'll heal your hurts. He'll develop your talents. He'll strengthen your abilities. He'll he'll polish you. He'll smooth you. Oh, he'll make you into the one you were created to be from the beginning of time. Mm. If Jesus is your friend, 
And I want to encourage you. Make sure you're a good and loyal friend to him. What kind of friend are you to Jesus? I know my audience, so I know 99.9 are saved. And we would sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, with tears in our heart and gusto in our voice. And that's good. We should. We should rejoice in that friendship. But there's a lot of fair-weathered friends in this world. Amen? It's good to have a friend you can trust and you can count on. He always gives you good advice. He never got any kind of um, up, not up his sleeve. Amen? His motives are never impure. But I've got to step back and say, what kind of friend am I to him? I mean, friendships work two ways, don't they? I mean, Pastor Allen, he writes that little extra note. I'm sure Sister Mary, she writes a little extra note in her cards. You can't make it one-way streets. And if a relationship's going to be strong and healthy and vibrant, isn't that true? So I've got to ask, what kind of friend are you to Jesus? We close our thoughts. Get a godly friend and be a godly friend. Make the investment. Take the time. But above all, make sure Jesus is your friend. Make sure you've given your life to Christ. Make sure you've submitted and surrendered your life and put your faith in Christ. Make sure your walk is close and committed to Christ. Every time you rejoice on the goodness of God, ask yourself, have I been good to God in return? Every time you're so thankful for the friend you have in Jesus, ask yourself, Lord, am I being a good, faithful friend to you? We're going to close. We'll open the altar. We're going to sing our final song, pray our final prayer. The altar will be open. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, you can come. Someone will pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you've drifted. You need to make a fresh surrender, a fresh dedication to Christ. Well, please do. Someone will pray with you. Or maybe you just need to to come and pray. Or maybe you need a touch in your body. We're going to open the altar, but here's our thoughts. As we come to the altar, as we worship from our seats, let's thank the Lord for what a wonderful friend we have in Jesus. Let's be thankful for all that he's done and how far he's brought us, how he's been there. And let's also thank God for the many blessed relationships he's given us. Don't take for granted you got a good and godly spouse. Don't you ever take her, him for granted. Amen. And then for the other good friends, we have brothers in the Lord, sisters in the Lord. That's a blessing from God. Let's thank God for friends. And let's do our best to be a friend. Let's make sure we're being good, loyal, devoted friends to others. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand with me. We're going to pray the final prayer. Again, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, you haven't made him your best friend, and you haven't received him as your Savior and your Lord, please come. Someone will pray with you. Or, or maybe you, you've just been walking a one-way street with the Lord. You've been reminding him that he's supposed to be your friend, but you in return have not been that good of a friend to him. Well, it's time to come and say, Lord, I need to start doing my part a little better and work on our relationship. And if you need special prayer, maybe you need a touch in your body, maybe you're just spiritually thirsty, 